Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yo, yo, yo. So, um, as y'all hear the beautiful sounds of Black TV in the background, I'll turn that down a little bit. We did get cut off there from the live episode. Um, we are back. I just created a whole new live episode, so we back there. We was talking uh, QB Talks. So I want to get one last question in. We'll get everyone's closing statement, so we'll have it on live air so everyone can hear. Uh, I did share it on Twitter, so if you were following along, welcome back. Um, we will get back into this. J-Rock is here. Uh, first off, so we will get into the last question I had with just me and him real quick. I'll ask myself. I will give that question in its entirety and the answer that I feel needs to be said for myself. And then we will move on uh, from there. Let's go ahead and do that. Do that there. Um, J-Rock, you got me? You can hear me, correct? Yeah. All right. Cool making sure we're all good. I think the question at hand is going to be, you know, we talked about franchise quarterbacks and and, 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 and shakes, if hopefully shakes and, and eat can come back because I do want to get their answers on the question, what is a franchise quarterback? And two names or one name was brought up, and it was Carson Palmer. Um, he did win the MVP, or not win. He was in talks about winning an MVP one season in his career, probably the best one he had. Then he breaks the ACL, tears the ACL in the playoff game. He moves on from, from there. Look, I think, again, the insensitivity, the insensitivity to winning that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick has given us as fans makes us think that no matter what, you're supposed to win it every single year regardless. And I think now that we're seeing the last five years of, the way that that has gone down, the way Tampa went down, the way this year is playing out, the way Patrick Mahomes hasn't been back, those those things are are they're 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 not they're not what's the word they're not flukes. I mean, look, Andy Reid is still Andy Reid. I think we have forgotten that because Patrick Mahomes did what McNabb could never do, overcome deficits because your coach put you in the wrong position. That offense didn't look like that offense. There's a reason why they were down 24-3 to to the Houston Texans, to Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt and Hopkins and them boys. There's a reason why they were down multiple touchdowns throughout that entire Super Bowl run. The man has the inability to win playoff games because of his coaching, whatever it may be. We've seen it in Philly. We now see it in Kansas City. He has one of those guys. 
And when I talk about one of those guys, we're talking about a great. This isn't a franchise quarterback. I think franchise quarterback is the reason we've been talking is because we assimilate a franchise quarterback with goats. And, and I say it with an S because there is greatest of all times. There is multiple. Look, right now as it speaks, there, there's, a, you know, with the absence of Tom Brady, Three, right now, greatest of all time quarterbacks are just playing in this last season. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady. However you want to look at it, however you want to slice it, you want to talk about whatever, those three guys are in a class of themselves. We're not bringing anybody else in. We're not talking about Joe Burrow right now. We're not talking about Herbert. We're not talking about Lamar Jackson. Nobody in this league can throw the football, command an offense, and win a game like those three quarterbacks, consistently. That's the key word there, consistently. Can there be some quarterbacks that can have good comebacks? Yes. Are there quarterbacks in the league that have sustainable careers where they look good and yada, yada? Yes. That's what you heard. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. They're in a league of their own. We'll never see another three like them. They are just those guys. They do what they do, how they do, when they do, why they do it. So the question was placed. If Daniel Jones is the starting quarterback going into the next season, is it? will it feel like the team is moving in the right direction? I will have to say that the answer to that question is so much Simpler than I think it is. And I think if you go into the next season with Daniel Jones as your starting quarterback, that to me means no one. I don't think that the front office really believes in Daniel Jones. This is what I really believe. I believe that they know that we are going to put a team around him and we are going to be able to try to win games. And regardless, and the crazy thing is, is you probably will. Because if Joe can do what he's been taught to do from the beans in Buffalo, the team will turn around. But let's not, let's not act like Josh Allen was an overnight success. It took him a couple years. So I'm not comparing Josh Allen to Daniel Jones. I'm talking about the quarterback position in and of itself. People may have really thought that Josh Allen was going to be that guy. In some people's eyes, he's still not that guy. He hasn't won the NFC Championship. He hasn't appeared in a Super Bowl. But he's gone, or he's, he's appeared in one AFC Championship, and he hasn't won one, and he hasn't appeared in a Super Bowl. Those type of things is just, like, it's just so hard to sit here and say, Josh Allen is not a franchise quarterback. But you have people that argue that right now. J-Rock, my question to you is, we just went over a diatribe of why we think franchise quarterbacks, all they need to do is win you a game. Me and you, honestly, I don't think we're going to have any quarrels on the Josh Allen thing. We both think he's franchise quarterback. Why is it that fans believe that you have to have that a franchise quarterback is synonymous with being a great, the greatest of all time. 
why do that feel like those two things are synonymous when really with, with being as simplistic as possible? You can be an all-time great and be a franchise quarterback, but you can never just be a franchise quarterback and automatically be an all-time great. Why do those things have to be synonymous to me? Or to it depends on people's definition of franchise quarterback. People have a different definitions of it. So, I'll so, I describe what I think a franchise quarterback is, and I'm saying elevate mm-hmm. the skill level around you and consistently be consistent. Um, if you got a quarterback that does that, then yeah, in my opinion, that's a franchise quarterback, regardless if he wins playoff games or Super Bowl. Now, if he's a franchise quarterback and he's doing that, he should be in the playoffs. He should be winning the playoff games. But, again, Franchise quarterbacks um, aren't the whole team. That's just one player. Um, <clears throat> a lot of a lot of quarterbacks, like I mentioned, that never won Super Bowls, never won playoff games. Probably went to the playoffs, but never won consistently like a Tom Brady. Because nobody's ever done that. But You can tell what a quarterback is not the guy. If you've been watching football for as long as, I guess, people on this phone have, me, you, he, Shakes, you can just tell when a quarterback is is the guy or is not the guy. Now, if you're in year three of a quarterback and you're still trying to figure out if he's the guy, then he's not the guy. <laughs> he's not the guy. What do you say to the fans that believe that that have the excuses? Look, if he has this, he has that. He can sustain and he can be a good quarterback in this league. When those fans say that, does that mean that they're acknowledging the fact that he's not a franchise quarterback and he needs these things to succeed? No, but that's, that goes back to their definition of it. Some people think some fans, I don't know if they're educated in the sport or not, think that everything around the quarterback has to be perfect in order for that quarterback to succeed. Mm-hmm. He has to have the weapons. He has to have the offensive line. He has to have good coaching. He has to have a good offensive coordinator. He has to have a good quarterback coach. All of that has to be good in order for that quarterback to succeed when you see other quarterbacks that are so-called franchise quarterbacks not needing that, and they're still succeeding. I so, think, again, it depends on what your definition of it, of it is. Exactly. And the definition of it is our own. I think the, the craziest thing to me is being a Packer fan is that whole thing, is people needing things around them to succeed and that if they have those things, they will. But I think success. Succession is not the word. Succeeding is all a perspective because the 2010 Green Bay Packers, led by Aaron Rodgers, offensive ranks were middle of the pack throughout the regular season. 
and they won a Super Bowl and had 18, 19, 20 players on IR with, I think, 10 of them being from starting position. The following year, everyone's healthy. It's one of the greatest offenses that the NFL's ever seen, and when they bring up great offensive statistics to this day, it's still one of the top three or four, and they were bounced out in the first round. So the argument of needing everything around you to succeed makes sense if succeeding means you are a stats person and being statistically number one and being the best team in all the NFL record-wise and only losing because you sat every one week 16 or 17 in a 16-week game season, like, is that succeeding? Or is the previous year barely beating a division rival week 17 to make it into the playoffs as a six seed and then having to scrape your way to make a Super Bowl, but your offensive ranks were shit, you didn't have the people around you, but you're able to win a Super Bowl. That's what I think a lot of times when people listen to me talk about Aaron Rodgers and the team and all that stuff and how I come off so arrogant and I definitely come off as just not giving a shit. And a lot of people are flabbergasted by that because as much as everyone, I think the craziest thing is that he, the the hatred and the, the choke tag that gets pinned on Aaron Rodgers why would the question be, am I prepared for life without him? If he's such a choke artist and he's not good, then I shouldn't be worried about him leaving. So you asking me that question in general, and Shakes isn't here to defend himself, which I wish he was, but asking me that question lets me know you believe that dude's a guy. Because you, you only ask me that question because that's the most important position of all the football. And if I'm going from that guy to another guy and that guy's a choker and he can't get it done, then going to the next guy shouldn't be a question of if I'm ready or not. But that's not the point. The point is is the arrogance comes from without Aaron Rodgers, the belief that my team will still win a division title and the belief that my team will still win double-digit games. That's an arrogance that comes from knowing that the quarterback has the pieces around him. And he's not winning Super Bowls. And he's not going to Super Bowls. No one well, can let's, see let's him take it back to the, Let's take it back to the what I was saying before about everything has to be perfect for them to succeed. That, yes, that's what I was trying to get to. So what is so uh, my bad. So case in point no, is, I mean, thank you for getting me back to where I was going. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Case in point is the Tennessee Titans, right? Everything around Tannehill is perfect. He has the offensive line. He has the coaches. He has the weapons. Why didn't they win? But it also is, <laughs> you look at it and it's like, you you want to say, and Shakes came in here and said it off top, that team runs through Derrick Henry without Derrick Henry or nothing. But we just watched this team without Derrick Henry for more than half a season, still sustain the AFC number one overall seed going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Was that because of Ryan Tannehill? Or was that because of the team? That's the team. And then you say, I don't... then you tell me, oh, sorry, real quick, in the same breath that you told me that Derrick Henry is everything, but without Derrick Henry they win, he comes back and they lose a game. So, 
everything that I this, the Tennessee Titans are the most anomalous team in all the NFL because you say something about them and you're proven wrong instantly. It took some time for the regular season to finish, but we were told everything in Tennessee goes to Derrick Henry. He gets injured. They're not making the playoffs. They're the number one seed. You're proven wrong. Everything runs to Derrick Henry. He's coming back. They're going to win playoff games, and they're probably hosting an AFC championship game. You're wrong because they get they get beaten their first game. They're one and done. Like, are we blaming Ryan Tannehill for yeah, one game? I am. I am. Okay. Because if you had that consistency and you had that that QB that you know you can win with, they don't feel. I don't feel like they feel they can win with him. He's a he's a game manager and he can manage the game as long as Chris Henry is in there. He's a totally different quarterback when Chris Henry's in there. Totally different. Why? He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. The the game should run through the quarterback, not the running back. Because mm-hmm. it's not like that anymore. It's not it's not the eighties and the nineties where the one game was everything. This is a passing league. You've been saying that for years now. But if you have a quarterback that is inconsistent, makes mistakes, and the team has to rally around him to win games, then that's not your quarterback. That, that quarterback is not going to get you over the hump. He's going to be one and done in the playoffs. It, it, you're not really doing anything with him. And do you think that with a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill, they were better served off by resting Derrick Henry that first week? And letting Tannehill prove that he could win that playoff game, like because look, this is this is they the if, if are, are we talking about the, the 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 physical talent of these quarterbacks? Nobody's going to deny they're all worth being in the NFL. The mental fortitude of quarterbacks, I think, is something that we talk about a lot, but don't really put too much emphasis on. Did Tannehill go out and win the regular season because he's a fucking human being? And when somebody tells a human being they can't do something, it's some of the times they rise to that occasion. And then because that same human being was told all year long, look, you can't win without Derrick Henry. I just did it. Now I have Derrick Henry. Whew, maybe I don't have to play as tough and great as I've been playing for the last 12 weeks. We're all human beings. Is that, and that's the question. Does that separate a franchise quarterback from a cold-blooded assassin? Because, look, 37 seconds shouldn't be enough time for anyone. 13 seconds should be enough time for any offense to get any amount of points in any lifetime in any football game. But two quarterbacks with no timeouts, or actually, I'm sorry, he had three, but two quarterbacks, one with 13 and one with 37, those guys are different. They're absolutely different. There's a reason why. But there's nothing telling me that we couldn't throw – Lamar Jackson in Kansas City, that we couldn't throw Herbert in Kansas City, that we couldn't throw these other guys that we're talking about, that the list of names that, that Eve wrote, listed off, and none of them have seen a Super Bowl except Burrow, who we all believe they're guys moving forward. Give them Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Give them an offensive-minded coach that does not want to do anything but give the ball to the playmakers at the most opportune time. Give him a star-studded running back. Like, look, we love Alvin Kamara. We love, uh, sorry, not Alvin Kamara, uh, Keenan Allen. We love, you know, the guys that Herbert has over there. 
But there's no doubt in anybody else's mind that if Justin Herbert had been playing quarterback the same amount of time that Patrick Mahomes, the output would be the same, if not better. Are we not going to agree to that? Would you agree to that, I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes Andy Reid can be his own enemy. And he is sometimes too arrogant to not not pass the ball. Like, I feel like, all right, even though everybody wants to say the Bengals defense in that AFC championship played tremendously in the second half, the Kansas City Chiefs played into what they were doing. They played right into their hands. Like, okay, they were like, okay, we're going to contain – Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to let him go outside of the pocket and make plays like that. Okay. Why don't they run the ball? Why don't they do something different? No, they want to keep throwing the ball down the field. They want to keep doing what they do. So sometimes Andy Reid is his own best enemy. I just want to say that. (laughs) I know that's off topic. It is and it isn't because I think it brings into light that we're the the amount of um, pressure isn't the word, but the amount of whatever the word is that correlates to everything being the whole onus being on the quarterback, like a defense doesn't play, like people have to catch the football, like a running back has to hold on to it, like the special teams have to kick field goals and not get blocked, and like the, there's there's so much to work on an NFL field, the mind-bogglingness that someone can compare a basketball player to a football player is is mind-boggling, one. But the fact that we're sitting here saying that one person who plays half of the game is more important than everybody else on the field. The outcome relies on them more than anyone else. And I think the thing that we see most is when when is that when is that the case? When is a case of an NFL quarterback leading a bad team to a Super Bowl? When was the last time we watched a Super Bowl, J Rock, where we looked at both participating teams and before the NFL mm-hmm. season started, didn't think they were gonna be there? Besides the Cincinnati Bengals this year. The Eagles? I would say maybe? the Giants. I would say the Giants. I would say the 2007 Giants. That's the last time that we could sit there, <laughs> maybe, and sit there and say, look, this team isn't – their team that's playing in the Super Bowl, nobody is not supposed to be here because the team around, the team itself, it's just – they're playing outside their mind, right? Yeah. Every other team. Because oh, yeah. if you look at that, that season, the first couple of games of that season, nobody thought the Giants was going to make it to the playoffs or the or even the Super Bowl. I'm going to look some up over here. Let's do this. Okay, Tampa Bay and Kansas City last year. Both mm-hmm. preseason favorites. Kansas City, San Francisco the year before. Both preseason favorites. Now, San Francisco wasn't a preseason favorite to win the Super Bowl, but they were favorites to win their division. And then, of course, that team did what they did. 
Um, but we all know mm-hmm. that that team was was that team. Los Angeles and New England. Everyone expected them. New England and Philadelphia again. Philadelphia is the one besides Cincinnati this year that you look at preseason and go that team was not expected to be there. And then of course they win it all. Carolina and then mm-hmm. New England and, and Atlanta right before that. Remember New England went to three straight. Played not and didn't play a single NFC team twice. By the way, the the the, the end. My goodness gracious. Denver and Carolina. New England again, Seattle, Seattle and Denver, Baltimore and San Francisco, the the 2011 Giants in New England, Green Bay and Pittsburgh, New Orleans and Indianapolis, Pittsburgh and Arizona, New York Giants and New England. From 2007, I'll stop there until now, the New York Giants, the Green Bay Packers, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Those four teams participated in Super Bowls when preseason and even when the season started, no one thought they were going to be there. Mm-hmm. Right? So, Nick Foles or Carson Wentz? Who, who's credited for that Super Bowl in Philadelphia? <laughs> Green Bay. Green Bay. That team was in an NFC Championship game three years prior. That team was ready made for Aaron Rodgers. So was that Aaron Rodgers or was that a team already destined to make it to the Super Bowl? And then, of course, you look at Cincinnati this year. Does this have everything to do with Joe Burrow or the Cincinnati Bengals? Is Zach Taylor that good? Is this offense that good without the offensive line? So... See, so there you go. Everything around him is not perfect, but they, they still exactly. won regardless. Exactly. So when we talk about franchise quarterback, we sit here and we say things like, if he had this, if he had that, you cannot talk about franchise quarterbacks in that manner. Because franchise quarterbacks are winning these games. Carson Palmer didn't have the best team like we were just talking about. His team wasn't ecstatically loaded. You know what I'm saying? Tony Romo's teams weren't – well, no, they were loaded. Actually, yeah, that's a bust. Sorry, that was a wrong comparison there. Like those things, quarterbacks, the standard, and the level that they're held to is so high, and it's ridiculous. I think the – the 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 craziest thing to me is is that let's not forget Detroit Lions they went 0 and 16 in what 2007 and then they drafted Matthew Stafford 0 and 16 sorry let me make sure I get that year correct Yeah, 2008 Lions, so 2009. Like this, this, this Matthew Stafford, for the better part of 12 years, was not a franchise quarterback. Right, J-Rock? Say it again. 
Matthew Stafford, until the beginning of this season, and even when this season started, was majoritally majoritally viewed as not being a franchise quarterback, correct? Most people, yeah. Most I always people thought he was a franchise Stafford. quarterback. Exactly. I always took him in fantasy. Yeah. I always took him in fantasy because he <laughs> always put up numbers. If you look at it, the kid always put up numbers, regardless of how bad the team he was on. Right? I'm fact, not gonna... fact, he was the he fact. was the fastest quarterback to fifty thousand yards. Fact. Did it quicker than Tom Brady? in the least amount of games. Fact, the kid puts up numbers. But he never had a team around him. Hold on, I'm looking up something right now. Because I want to, I want to. Right, and he was a he was a quarterback that never had everything. He had receivers and no running back. For years, he had no running game. Years. When they finally gave him a running game, he had no damn defense. So it was like, come on. This is what I wanted to look, man. This quarterback situation is a real one because there's a quarterback that. We listen to on Sundays on Fox that, um, you know, but he never, I'm trying to make sure I get this number correctly. I don't want to just, you know, I want to say it's 22. I don't think he ever threw more than 22 touchdowns in a season. 24. Troy Aikman? Troy Aikman. You know how many times he threw for more than 20 touchdowns in his career? How many times? One time. You know how many times he threw for over? You you want to know how many times he threw for over fifteen touchdowns in his career? How many times? Five times. Wow. I'm gonna read you these numbers, and mind you, these are not interceptions; these are touchdowns. Nine. This is from his rookie year to his to his ending year. 9, 11, 11, 23, 15, 13, 16, 12, 19, 12, 17, 7. He has one time he was in MVP voting and Offensive Player of the Year voting. And he made the Pro Bowl six times. This is Troy Aikman you talking about? Troy Aikman, yes. Three-time Super Bowl winning champion. The man we covet, or people, a lot of people covet, as a Hall of Fame, all-time great quarterback, franchise quarterback, has mediocre to subpar touchdowns, yards, and interceptions. One year, two years. The first two years, he threw more interceptions and touchdowns. And, of course, he doesn't do that for the rest of his career, except for in 96, he throws 12 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. The following year, he ups that touchdown rate 
He drops the interception rate, 19 to 12. So, look, are numbers your thing? Because if numbers are your thing, I got a quarterback that I got some numbers over here in Green Bay, especially if you're talking about touchdowns and interceptions, especially if you're talking about the ability to win games and be almost, what, 100 games over 500. Or something like that. It's or fifty games over five hundred. My the biggest thing about this is is that now that we're gonna see quarterbacks be who they were from nineteen sixty six to two thousand, which is as good as they can be, and if one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong, which is the league. This is just the way things are going to pan out. Patrick Mahomes may never see another Super Bowl. Like, people don't want to talk about that. Like, he's already supposed to have multiple rings, but he only got one. And he may never see another one. Oh, but that's a dynasty. Oh, yeah? The Bengals ain't a dynasty doing? The Chargers ain't a dynasty doing? The Ravens ain't got nothing cooking over there? You don't think Matt Jones and Bill Bella checking in, boys, you know, thinking about trying to run that shit back? AFC is not going to be easy to win. The divisions are not going to be easy to win. The AFC West is not going to be easy. AFC North not going to be easy. AFC South ain't really a division. We'll skip that. And then the AFC East. AFC East, without the juggernaut, just got a whole lot more, more intriguing. You can see McDaniels take Dolphins to the two seed in that division. You can see the Bills digress, maybe have a AFC championship slump next year. Look, this is not going to be the easiest thing in the world for Patrick Mahomes to get back to the Super Bowl. It's not going to be the easiest thing in the world for these two teams to participate. But we all understand and realize that the reason we say why Why some people say they want the Rams to win because the Bengals have an opportunity and will probably be back again. It's for one reason and one reason only, and it's the reason why we started to show up again. QBs, they got one. Joe Burrow is that dude. And what we this whole conversation started about was Daniel Jones and being the starter next year. I think there's no way, shape, or form, the New York football giants can operate at a progressing level with Daniel Jones as their quarterback. To sit here and tell me he needs this, this, and this, get rid of him, get those pieces, get someone who doesn't. That plain, that simple. Obviously, it's not going to be, can't just pick someone and obviously they're going to be, you just got to figure it out. Scouting departments are there for a reason. Joe, you just came from a spot that found one. You found a non-D1 quarterback. Took him when nobody said he should go. You know? It took pro days, and it took uh, combines for Josh Allen's name to get recognized. Buffalo said, nah, we knew him before all that, and we saw the tape. So you got to hope that Joe brings over that expertise that he had over there Dayball brings over the offensive prowess that, you know, he could take away from over there and bring it to New York. He did but, say he had a high grade on him. 
he said when he was scouting Daniel Jones that he had a high grade on him. So let's see how true that is. Um, Again, you didn't sign him to trade him, and, and I don't say that to be facetiously an asshole about the name Giants, but we can go around to multiple GMs that say things and don't mean it or just say things and just want to say things. Look, if I'm going into a negotiation with a quarterback, I don't want – I mean, I don't know, man. There's just a lot of things that can be said that you try to say in the public eye because – those things don't need to – oh, sorry, getting back over here. Those things don't need to be – I don't want to say don't need to be said, but look, if, you, if you're my new GM, don't come in here trashing what we got. I don't care if it's trash. It's my trash. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I think he took that approach. I just think he took that approach. I don't think he really has those – firm belief that Daniel Jones is a number six overall. Hey, a high rating doesn't mean you had him rated in the first round. That's true. I, I could put him in. He, he could, could be my second or third rated quarterback. Grade. Yeah. Sorry. You know he could have had a high grade on him for the fourth round or the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Wordings, semantical wordings is one thing that the NFL has proven to me is one thing that you can get away with if you say the right things, people just leave you alone. If you ask me if I'm vaccinated, and I'm going to tell you I'm immunized, and I use the improper word, but it means the same thing. Nobody's going to bat an eye until later on. You get what I'm saying? So it's like the, the saying things to the media, whether it be this guy's a, you know, a guy or we had a high grading or you know, we plan, we don't sign the trade him or whatever it may be. I take all that with a grain of salt because there's nothing that tells me that these guys consistently say things that they mean and, you know, follow through. Now, of course, we're not talking about every single thing that they say is obviously a lie, but, man, you come in and you automatically start trashing the quarterback. You start trashing the O-line. You start trashing the defense. You start trashing the, the wide receivers for getting paid $72 million and not catching anything. You think you're coming in and making friends? I mean, not that you're trying to make a friend, but it's just you got to work with a lot of these people too. And if you just come in and you start dogging on everybody, I don't know if that's the way to go about it. Again, what you're saying, though, J-Rock, the hyperbolic – answer of having a high grade on him, maybe you don't need to go that far. Maybe you just say, yeah, we think Dan Jones is a good quarterback and we'll see what the future is moving forward, but it is what it is. Now, we're going to have tons of discussions about these new drafts coming up, these new draft quarterbacks. We're going to have tons of discussions of quarterbacks who might be like a Matthew Stafford, who for the better part of 12 years was told he was not a franchise quarterback probably gets to a team now he's in the Super Bowl. As we move forward, we do have either chosen one here. And we'll just go ahead and get this uh, quarterback talk, you know, probably wrapped up here in a little bit. But when we look forward, moving into next season, and I know a lot of people think the Bengals will be back and the Rams will be back. As the quarterback situation sit in the NFL, 
would you say, I'm trying to figure out the word this the best way possible, but would you say that the the quarterback position is ignored in the NFC and not in the AFC? I don't know if that's the right proper way to say it. Because we don't know what this future NFC group is, but we we certainly can tell it's not these AFC boys, if that makes any sense. As I don't think anyone's sitting here putting Justin Fields in that, you know, Herbert discussion, the Burrow discussion. You know, no one's talking about, you know, any NFC quarterback coming up, you know, even Tyler Murray is not even getting thrown into those discussions. He's not even in the Lamar Jackson discussion. So anymore, and he, he's he's a delete stuff. So, are we seeing teams in the AFC just? I'm trying to figure out the best way to word it here. Are they getting the right? Are they getting the guys, or or these guys? Are they getting them in the right system? If that makes any sense. To, that I'm trying to get it out here. And maybe J-Rock or E can kind of interrupt me and get the question. Maybe they can feel what I'm trying to ask here. But realistically, I heard Justin Herbert would be a playoff team. I heard the Giants would be a playoff team with Justin Herbert instead of Daniel Jones. Right? No, they would I was told, and I've been reading, that if if Herbert had come out instead of staying behind and you drafted him, Giants would be a playoff contending team right now. But I've also read that those same people say that Daniel Jones has these few things he can win. So when you say those things, when you believe that a quarterback could come in and be a playoff contending team leader with the current roster, but in order for that team to succeed with the current quarterback, that roster needs to be upgraded. Where is the logic in that? Can anyone explain that to me? There's no logic in that. But again, that's why I said this fan base is fifty-fifty. Half of them think yeah. this way, and half of them think that. And and I practice, there's no way Justin Herbert. <clears throat> if you just think about Sorry, it, there's no way Justin Herbert can come to this team, and it they automatically we're we're automatic playoff team. Because you got to remember, we we've been to what three coaches in six years. You can't even get the coaches right. Mm-hmm. Coaching is everything. Offensive coordinators are horrible. So how is Justin Herbert going to succeed in this? Even My if he's like years better than Danny Jones. Would you say that the 52-man roster of the Los Angeles Chargers of the 2021 season compared to the 52-man roster of the New York Giants, I say 52 to 53, not counting Herbert or Jones? Are they anywhere comparable? No. No. Herbert didn't make the playoffs. 
I think that on was a substantially, on you, a substantially if you better asked me, roster. That, that was coaching. Okay. Yeah, better coaching. Another, another question, J. Rock. Another question, J. Rock. The 2021 coaching staff of the Los Angeles Chargers, are there any way, shape, or form comparable to the 2021 coaching staff of the New York Giants? Hell no. They didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> look, 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 bro. This is what I'm trying to get at. I see, I see, I see you, what you're trying to get at. <laughs> everybody's telling me that this guy is coming over and taking this team to the playoffs, and he's got a better coaching staff, a better 53-man roster, and a better offensive mind, and they're still missing the playoffs. Like, what, what, what more do I need to tell people? The NFL quarterback as important There were situations, though. Let's, let's look at it fully. There were situations okay. with the Chargers where coaching played a very big part in them winning and losing. All right, there, there, he's a big thing on analytics, right? And going for bullshit when he don't have to go for yep. bullshit. It, it, sometimes you fail at doing that, and he has failed. So I think coaching well, did, played a big part in the Chargers not making the playoffs. Of course, everyone wants to look to the season finale against the Raiders, where it looked like the tie was going to send both those teams into the playoffs. He decides to call a timeout, and then the rest is history. Look, we can get the deep dive into that right now. Uh, people who sit here and say that they are still running the football um, need to understand that running the football when the football is hiked and thrown to a shotgun position and then handed to the left, you are automatically starting six to seven yards behind the line of scrimmage running the football. They call a timeout. They line up a fullback and you get the football one to two yards behind the line of scrimmage with the lead blocker. There is a huge difference in the way that they ran the football before the way they were in the way after they, that timeout. So, yes, that is a huge swing of things, maybe whatever. Then um, you're, you're, this is the thing right here. Staley will tell you his philosophy is not to take chances. It's to seize what he likes to call advantage looks. At least one analytic site strongly recommended going for it on that play Sunday night. This is a loss, obviously. I'll talk about the game here in a second. Stanley Optin said, Staley Optin said during the season that he never felt like his decisions were gambles or examples of him being reckless. This case, sorry, skipped on me here. Oh, I went away from me. God damn it. I hate this fucking computer. Sorry, guys. There it is. Uh, Staley often said during the season that he never felt like his decisions were gambles or examples of him being reckless. This case to me did feel like a gamble, even by Las Vegas' gaudy standards. Staley stayed true to his philosophy and formula. Unfortunately for Chargers fans, it didn't always work. So look, why did... the Kansas City Chiefs en route to a Super Bowl have to come back in every single game. 
That's open to E or to J Rock. I think I think my question may be misunderstood. Because their defense sucked. Okay, that's fine. The defense couldn't stop the offense from scoring points. You know that. Okay. The, the defense um, was suspect most of the year. This I'm going to the Super Bowl run here, and I'm trying to stick on this because the offense that was put out there in the first half of the Super Bowl run in those playoff games was similar to looking as the offense that we saw in the AFC Championship against the Bengals in the second half. They were an offense that conformed to what the defense wanted them to do. They were giving the defense the looks they wanted, or the defense was giving, I'm sorry, the defense was making them play the way they wanted to against Houston, against Tennessee, in the playoff championship run for the the second half. What do we hear? What do we watch? Patrick Mahomes outplayed that. He outplayed every play. Every every shitty call that Andy Reid called in for the second half of those games, Patrick Mahomes went above and beyond that play and made it happen. And if Jimmy Garoppolo knows how to throw a football one time, he's not a Super Bowl champion. Like, we talk about Patrick Mahomes being one of the greatest of all time quarterbacks in his fourth, fifth year. He's already a Hall of Famer. There's nobody better than him. You can't, you can't get anything better than him. He didn't even make a Super Bowl this year. But again, when we talk about that, the last guy we talked about in that vein just retired with seven Super Bowl rings and ten Super Bowl appearances and seventeen AFC championships and one and one NFC championship. So it's like he was he was the, he was the new hotness. He was doing things that no other quarterback was doing in the NFL. And that's why people were saying that. And he was winning on top of it. The kid was going out there, had, like he was playing basketball, no lick throws and all this other shit. The kid was phenomenal. But now everybody got tape on him. Now we know what the Kansas City Chiefs offense is doing. Now what do you do? So... I want to get this right. Okay. Since 2000, I'm going to read you Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, and I want you to tell me if they're franchise quarterbacks, okay? Trent Dilfer? Jay Rocker here. You said Trent Dilfer. Yeah, is is he is he a franchise quarterback? Trent Dilfer. No. Brad Johnson. No. Joe Flacco. Yeah. 
Russell Wilson? Yeah. The notables, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Nick Foles? No. Drew Brees? Nick Foles is the kind of quarterback you want to have as your backup. Any team, I will pay whatever <laughs> he wants <laughs> to be the damn backup. Who was, who was the next one? It was uh, Drew Brees? Yes. And Patrick Mahomes? Yes. I just named every winning quarterback of the Super Bowl from the 2000 to 2020. And you said two of them, Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson, correct? Or not? Nick Foles, the anomaly that is Nick Foles, I think we could just, 2017, even as a Giants fan, I think we can all agree, we could just strip that from the record books. That was the universe doing what the universe had to do to right a wrong, so to speak, if you're a Philly fan. But, okay, so let's go through the other set of names, Okay. Terry Collins, is that a franchise quarterback? J-Rock? Who? Terry Collins. He's the looting. I'm starting with Terry Collins. So we're going. Yeah. Terry Collins. Yeah. Terry Collins, yeah. Yeah. Well, he did Kurt Carolina? Warner? Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Warner? Yes. Mm-hmm. Rich Cannon? Rich Cannon? Rich Cannon. For the Oakland Raiders? Mm. That's a hard one like that. Okay, no, we'll come back to that. Je- no, okay. Jake DeLone? No. Jake who? Man? Jake DeLone is the quarterback that played against Tom Brady in the 2003 Super Bowl for the Carolina Panthers. Jake DeLone? No. Donovan McNabb? Yes. Matt Hasselbeck? Matt Hasselbeck. Matt Hasselbeck, yeah. I, I, I actually like Hasselbeck. When you played for the Seahawks, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Him and Alexander went yeah. to the 2005 Super Bowl. Rex Grossman? Yeah, I like Yeah. Well, Rex Grossman for the Bears? No. Okay. We're going to skip over Tom Brady, Kurt Warner, and Peyton Manning because although they did lose, they did win. And also Ben Roethlisberger. And we're going to move down again. Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick. I'm going to say yeah. Okay. Cam Newton. Yes. Matt Ryan. Yes. Jared Goff. Golf, yeah. Golf, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo? Garoppolo. No. No? Okay. 
And and you said Kaepernick was one. So Kaepernick was a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no on golf. No on golf. Okay. And then Garoppolo, you said no or yes on? I said no. Again, people, these, this, these these are my opinions. That's what I'm saying. So we're getting that. <laughs> that's here. how so I feel. That's how I feel. And and you wouldn't be. I think a lot of people may have the same sentiments, but. I went through that loser list. We did not go as fast as that winner list when we went through those names, did we, Joe Rock? It took you a minute on a few of those names. A few of those names you actually had to, you know, I'm sure you still had to refresh memory on the team they played for. There's a reason why the Super Bowl losers I mentioned and J-Rock said they're not franchise quarterbacks. But people are going to argue all day. They went to the Super Bowl. They're a franchise quarterback. There are times that we have to understand that as much as we like to throw around words such as franchise quarterback and GOAT and this and that, there's not too many that can sit here and say they went to multiple Super Bowls. Not too many of those guys at that quarterback position. In the history of that position, not too many of those guys. And there's not many of them that say they've won multiple Super Bowls. And then the list of winners, obviously, isn't that long when we look at the last 20 years. This is a quarterback-driven league where I'm told every day and every week that if you don't have a quarterback, you can't win. Lamar Jackson hasn't played in the AFC Championship game. Herbert ain't made the playoffs. Who else? Kyler Murray, one and done. Russell Wilson ain't won a playoff game in like four years. So, if those guys are it, we have to reel back the expectation that they're going to go and win us or anyone, Lombardi trophies. <laughs> I think that's the, the main thing um, that I've been really trying to get at with this whole QB talk and who's a franchise quarterback, who's not a franchise quarterback, and, and who who will move forward and who won't. And then why we can sit here and say that Cincinnati, out of these two teams, is most likely going to make it back to another Super Bowl. Because as much as we all know Matthew Stafford is a dude and, and he's he's pretty damn good at quarterback, that other guy across wearing number nine and that black and orange, he got something we ain't seen since Joe Montana and Joe Namath and Steve Young and Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. That no matter what, he's cool with it. I'm cool with it. What are you throwing at me? I'm cool with it. You want to strike me nine times? Don't worry about it. Jamar Chase open. Game over. So, again, the whole rigmarole of this QB talk of being a franchise quarterback was to tell everyone that I believe the Cincinnati Bengals are winning a Super Bowl this year. They're breaking their curse of never winning one or whatever. 30 years since being one. 30 years since winning the playoff game, 33 since being in a Super Bowl. That team is that team. 
because of one man and one man only, and that's Joe Burrow. And people sat here and, and shakes asked me, and, and we went into the playoffs and we talked, and, you know, you've really loved Cincinnati because watching Cincinnati, I haven't seen a quarterback like that. Now, we're not talking about Tom Brady and his accomplishments and the way he's been able to utilize his game and make it better. Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick, when I draft you number one overall, J-Rock, if I draft any quarterback number one overall, what do I want him to do? Above anything else, I want him to win. And then I hope they can get me to a Super Bowl. This man took a team in less than one, in less than two full seasons to a Super Bowl. He played four games, tore his ACL, came back, led this team to a Super Bowl. Look, you want, I want to talk and brag about my quarterback and how great he is. He had a ready-made team and he got drafted at 24 overall in the 2004 draft. 2005 draft, sorry. Already made NFC championship team. Ready to go. That Bengals team was drafting top five, top five, and they are bad or were bad. And they got a guy. And he took them from four wins, four wins to ten wins and a touchdown. And it's important. It's going to be one of those things that I am going to enjoy telling my kids, uh, my grandkids. I'm going to talk about the two great careers I got to witness. When I talk about Joe Burrow, when I talk about Tom Brady, I have no doubt in my mind we will have these same discussions at the end of Joe Burrow's career that we are having about Tom Brady. The winning may not be the same. The 7 and 10 may not be the same. But we will hold in discussions Joe Burrow. When we talk about goats, he will be there. Joe Montana, Joe Burrow. Steve Young, Joe Burrow. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow. Brett Favre, Joe Burrow. Peyton Manning, Joe Burrow. Whoever you want to talk about, Joe Burrow's that dude. I don't care. I'm putting all my eggs in a basket. I put them all in, making the AFC Championship game. And he proved me right, and, man, that was so much fun. That was so much fun to watch. Again, no quarrels with the Rams fans, no quarrels with the Rams team. Um, but it is what it is, man. They got a guy over there. And Matthew Stafford, as great as you are and as good as you can be, you don't have that, man. Because if you had that, you would have taken that Lions team. That's what I'm getting at here. You can be a franchise quarterback like Matthew Stafford, but it does not mean you're a Joe Burrow. Man, J-Rock, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for joining me for the second session. He was in here. He didn't get much to say. He took off. I just want to get your final thoughts and opinions on the New York Giants hire. Uh, our defensive coordinator, I think it's uh, Don Wink, Martindale, uh, Dable, uh, head coach, Joe Shane, general manager, do you believe, regardless of the quarterback position, regardless of what's going on, how are you feeling? Do you think this Giants team is now ready to start moving in the right direction with these hires? Or do you think we, or do you think Giants just got more problems on more problems and a few fancy hires ain't going to really do that? Hey, um, 
think they're heading in the right direction with these coaches, man. I think these coaches are legit coaches. You know how to coach in the NFL, proven in, in the NFL. I think we're doing. Uh, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at these hires. So let's uh, let's see if it all comes together when it needs to come together. But anyway, yeah, um, I'm excited to see what happens in this draft. Um, <clears throat> whatever decisions they make is the decisions they make. I'm not asking them to, to draft anybody. I just want to see who they're going to draft and what direction they're going into. Exactly. And I think with this team and the Giants, the the one word that I think was utilized for the better part of the last decade was nepotism. And with Joe Shane and with Dayball and with Week and with Wink, which was a very, very unexpected uh, parting of ways between him and the Ravens again. I believe the, the, the talk from them is that they just didn't want to pay him. Um, he was going to be scheduled to make a lot more money. They got guys that they want to move up, so they did their thing. That's interesting in and of itself. We'll see if the Ravens can sustain, that they've been able to sustain that defense for the better part of whatever, two decades now. So interesting. I think that's a very, very solid hire for the New York Giants. Um, but look, man, I'm, I'm never going to be one to sit here and say that one person controls or has everything to do with everything. But like I say, when people tell me, look, are you, uh, you know, when they tell me these things, they say, yeah, I'll rather take, you know, Eli Manning and Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. And I say, that's cool. You don't get Michael Strahan, you don't get OCU Manura, you don't get JPP, you don't get that secondary playing lights out, all you get is Eli Manning. So, like, we can have that discussion and we can all have that talk, but to understand that you can you can have it all and still be outplayed by someone lesser than you for a game or two, you need to understand that those things can happen. And I lost track of where I was going, but I'm saying, Giants, nepotism's not in there anymore. You get the new hires, you move on. I think, to me, Shane and Dabo know exactly what they want to do offensively. I think you take everything they say about this defense, about this offense with a grain of salt until the moves start being able to pile up. I think right now it is say the right things, say the correct things to the media, and then once we're able to – cut bait with people, trade people, do what we need to do to make this team better, to move forward, then they can see in our actions what we're doing, not us just saying things um, the way that, you know, maybe previous regimes have done. So I have high hopes for the Giants um, as it pertains to the coaching staff that they hired. Will they make the right decisions? Will the people they scout be the right guys? I just always think about, the way most teams try to handle the quarterback situation, and this team has failed and failed at that for the better part of a decade, if not a decade to 12 years. So, well, no, a decade now. So, look, they can get that right, then maybe you can, you know, talk about these other pieces. But, again, it's all about philosophy and moving forward. 
And also, to, again, the win now adage or the build and win later adage, those are things that can be debated time and time again, and those are awesome debates to have. Should you build around and then get the quarterback later? But are you going to have the equity to get that quarterback? Or do you think you can get the quarterback now and move on later? Look, Rams, Bengals. Pick your poison. So that's all in and of itself. If everything else around them goes correctly and everything else goes right, I think the New York Giants have the right thing going forward. Again, Daniel Jones is not the answer. He'll never be the answer um, due to sit here and have a debate or an argument about him is, 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 is an injustice to uh, NFL debates and how intelligent they can be because we all know he's not good at quarterback. As we move forward, J-Rock closing statement. Thank you for coming to both um, shows we had going on today. We're going to get out of this live session again. Got cut off on the last one. I get some quarterback talking. I want to hear myself ramble. So thank you guys so much. J-Rock closing statement and everything. We got to do it and we'll get out of here. Appreciate everybody coming and listening for these two hours and this last last hour. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, the Bait Wednesdays by Friday. By crazy. That's all I got, man. Man, keep a lookout for the for the, for the spaces uh, shakedown show. Uh, we'll have some spaces going off, I'm sure soon. Um, get get to talking about everything. I know that that gets a, a a big more resounding push from the Giants fans, especially the ones that you know maybe too timid to call in and get their voices heard. It's a lot easier on that Twitter sphere to get what you want to say across when you just got to push a button. I understand that. Keep a lookout for those spaces. Again, 914-205-5796 is the number to call here. Whatever we're on, Debate Wednesday, Slide and Thursday, Natural Hour Tuesday, Freestyle Friday, Shakes Monday, Shake Monday, that Shakes Montana Mondays. Whatever y'all want to talk about, you know we here, but it's all about these giants. A lot of these guys, they live, breathe, they bleed blue. It's great. I think, to me, the... The overwhelming shit-talking that I've been able to do to Giants fans for 10 years has been fun, but as a sports fan, an NFL fan, there is the NFL is a better place than the New York Giants are in, the, in the playoffs. And they're competing against top-shot teams. When the New York media has a reason to be proud of the New York Giants, I think the, the NFL succeeds. And... I think that, that, that G deserves to be put back where it belongs in the playoff race and Super Bowl hunts because, again, as much as all of us love to make fun of misery, it's all good comeback stories, always fun to talk about. So, Shane, Dabo, Debo, or whatever you want to call yourself, Wink Martindale, you all got some, you all got some, you all got some shit to take care of. Um, you got a whole fan base looking at you to change around a losing culture. And now they're watching their their beloved wide receiver in the Super Bowl. You better turn around this team pretty quickly because they're not going to take anything less than perfection, as we all know. I love rambling. Today was a ramble day. Uh, man, thank you guys so much. At Nacho, at Nacho in the Box, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Man, I'm going to leave you guys on this note. In this note alone, 
when you hear rumors and when you think or read them or when you when you see them being skewed, whatever the rumor may be, check the source. Number one. And number two, don't believe everything you read. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. I can't wait. Talk to you guys next week. We'll talk to Super Bowl champions. We'll get into offseason. We'll talk about free agency. We'll talk about drafts. I want to get J-Rock's opinion on why the New York Giants should draft a quarterback or not draft a quarterback in this upcoming draft. We'll get into that. Man, I just want to say, though, you were, you were giving me flowers earlier. And I hope Shakes is listening because he gave me my flowers about the AFC Championship game. But I see everyone is real quiet about when I told everyone at the beginning of the year that the New York Giants, by way of the Chicago Bears and themselves, will have two top ten NFL draft picks. And nobody believed me. Everyone thought I was crazy. Look. I'll just keep it like this. Y'all need to do better. And Justin Fields and the Bears are still owned by the Packers, no matter who our quarterback is. Y'all have a good night. Y'all have a good week. I can't wait to watch this football game on Sunday with my family. Everyone, enjoy. I love you all. Thank you, J-Rock. E Tosa One Shakes for coming in. LRP, I'll talk to you again. Black Kitty, I'll talk to y'all again. When I see y'all, I'll talk to y'all. Love y'all. Good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.